You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into a fresh episode here, Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Whether you're listening on your favorite podcast provider or tuning in via YouTube, we thank you very much for being here. And don't forget that we're here with you every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, we're going to jump back to our midweek fundamentals like we do every Wednesday, jump back over to the defensive side to talk about coverages, cover one through cover four, where they work, where they don't, and how a New Orleans Saints offense can attack those coverages. Then we're going to be joined in segments two and three by former New Orleans Saints quarterback JT O'Sullivan for the second half of our conversation. We talked Ian Book yesterday, but today we're talking Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, quarterback battle, and why it might not be so hard at all to prepare an offense for either one of these quarterbacks or both. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, co-managing editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. y'all. So to kick off today's episode, we're going to jump right into midweek fundamentals. Before we get to the second half of our conversation with JT O'Sullivan, we're going to take a look at some coverages in this uh, installment of midweek fundamentals. Remember, we do this every Wednesday. We take a look at some of the fundamental parts of the game, define some vocabulary, define some language about the game of football, which has been a ton of fun. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback about it. So let's keep it going. We're going to start off here taking a look at some defensive coverages. So if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see a diagram. If you're listening on podcast, don't worry, we're going to talk you through it as well. So we're going to start off with cover one in this instance. So cover one is a single high safety, mostly man coverage underneath. So if you've got four defensive linemen, let's just say two linebackers to put this in the New Orleans Saints context, because they're usually in nickel formation or five defensive backs. Think about five defensive backs, five cents is a nickel nickel coverage. So if you look at this diagram here, you're probably you're going to see three linebackers, but for the New Orleans Saints they'll usually have two and then with that they'll have a slot cornerback that will be, you know, lined up with the slot wide receiver, two corners on the outside and two safeties deep. The way that cover one technique works with a cover one coverage works is that that free safety Marcus Williams in the New Orleans Saints defense would end up being the only single high safety over the top of the defense while everybody else plays man underneath. Right, you have Malcolm Jenkins at strong safety, who's going to come down to play man, potentially even blitz. You look at guys like Marshawn Lattimore, let's just say Paulson Adebo and Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who are all going to be manned up against their receivers, and then each linebacker will have their own assignment as well, while the four down linemen try to get after the quarterback. And sometimes they'll drop one of those in coverage. Sometimes you'll see uh, the strong safety, in this case Malcolm Jenkins, play in underneath zone in the intermediate area, middle of the field. That's called a robber technique. So you'll see different variations, but in terms of a basic shell, this is what cover one looks like or sounds like, depending upon how you're taking it in. One deep safety and then man coverage underneath. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube and you're seeing these graphics, all these graphics are brought to you by Inside the Pylon, who you can follow at IT Pylon on Twitter. All right, so that is your your cover one formation. This is very basic, very simple. Basically, where this works, it takes away the deep middle of the field. Where it struggles, 
underneath sometimes crossing patterns underneath you see the saints run a lot of those types of concepts uh you can call them mesh concepts where you have two uh drag routes that are going from one side of the field to the other crossing one another the crossing routes that the saints use think about Taysom hill's first touchdown to traquan smith in the end zone where he was coming from the left side of the field across to the right and then michael thomas was coming over the top from the right across to the left those type of deep crossers really, really work very well against man coverages, particularly cover one. All right, let's go to cover two here. So now we're looking at two deep safeties. So instead of the free safety roaming the middle of the field by himself, you'll have the free safety take one half of the field, and you'll have the strong safety take the other half of the field. And then you can either see man or zone underneath. It just kind of depends upon what the play call is. So you could see the corners and linebackers go to man, or you could see the corners and linebackers go to zone. And essentially, if that happens, you're seeing five zones underneath. So with that being the case where this ends up being very strong is out on the perimeter, taking away those perimeter routes, but post routes over the middle tend to be really, really successful here. And that's where you would see a lot of opportunity to strike. You think about Teddy Bridgewater's big touchdown in the Tampa Bay game during one of his starts while Drew Brees was out, the big touchdown over the middle of the field to Ted Ginn Jr. Tampa Bay plays what they call Tampa 2, which is essentially exactly this coverage. But instead of the middle linebacker taking an intermediate area or a short area in terms of the middle of the field, they'll go a little bit deeper and try to fill that gap. Well, even still, the deep middle of the field tends to be open that ends up being a spot that is very vulnerable. So you could take advantage of those with post routes. One of the things that I just mentioned that you'll hear sometimes pretty often is middle of the field coverages. So you have middle of the field open or middle of the field close. Cover one and cover three, the odd numbers are middle of the field close because they put a safety in the middle of the field. Cover two, cover four, your even numbers are middle of the field open because you're going to end up leaving the middle of the field open while you end up splitting the field in half. So let's take a look at our next middle of the field close coverage, which is going to be cover three, which is exactly what it sounds like, right? You're starting to see here that the number tends to represent how many deep zones there are. Cover three, three deep zones. You'll see a free safety drop, and then you'll see the two outside corners bail into deep zones. Bail meaning that they'll run away from the line of scrimmage once the ball is snapped, if not before in some cases, right? Get a little bit of a head start. And then you'll see four underneath zones uh, when it comes to keeping some underneath coverage there. So where this ends up being really strong is again on the perimeter and in the middle of the field, but the seams are really, really weak here. And the other thing is that because of the fact that those two corners end up bailing, it ends up meaning that if you have any type of quick outs, speed outs, or speed hitches coming from those outside perimeter boundary wide receivers, then they can end up getting open very quickly before one of those players in the middle of the field, whether it's a safety, a slot corner, or a linebacker, are able to get to the zones on the outside in the flats. So that ends up being a really easy way. I mean, that's an easy way, but ends up being a quick way that you can attack this. But for the Saints, they love to attack this with the seams right up the middle. So really strong in the perimeter, really strong in the middle of the field, but there are some wide open gaps that are left all over the field when it comes to cover three. And the Saints always do a really good job at attacking this. The Saints also play a fair share of cover three themselves. Now let's wrap it up by taking a look at cover four, which you guessed it has four deep zones. This time it's both safeties, right? Like we saw with cover two, but instead of them taking each a half of the field, they're basically taking a quarter of the field straddling the hash marks, essentially. And then you see the two outside corners bail and take the outside portion, the boundary zones deep 
like you saw with cover three. And then you see three underneath zones from either linebackers, slot defenders, or safeties, depending upon what the uh, personnel formation is at this point. Now, there's a couple of ways to attack cover four. An easy one is any type of underneath type of a route, especially like a flat out of the backfield. If you have a good catch and run running back, like, oh, I don't know, maybe an Alvin Kamara, then that ends up being a really, really good option for you out of the backfield. Because if he can beat a linebacker around the corner, once the ball is, once he has the ball, then he ends up with a pretty good amount of green grass in front of him before he matches up with that cornerback down the field. This coverage is really intended to take away the deep routes of uh, you know, of an offense. It takes away all the deep shots. So when you look at this, another way that you can take advantage of it is because all those corners and safeties are bailing to get back as quickly as possible. If you have one of those safeties that's cheating up near the line of scrimmage, it's because they also need to be ready to react to the run because you can't have everybody running away from the line of scrimmage if the ball gets handed off, that makes play action really, really viable and really, really effective against cover four defenses as well. Something I think you'll see a lot more from the Saints in 2021. So all right, y'all, that is a quick rundown between coverages, cover one through cover four. Uh, I, I know that it was a bit like spark notice. And as we go throughout the rest of the offseason, we'll focus an entire segment of cover one, entire segment of cover two, because there's all these different variations. Like we mentioned, Tampa two, cover two could have both man and zone look. So we'll cover all of it, but that's a quick rundown of the basics that you need to know about cover one, cover two, cover three, and cover four. Hope you're still enjoying Midweek Fundamentals and hope that you continue to enjoy our special guest, JT O'Sullivan, who's here with us this week, talked yesterday about Ian Book and a little bit about the Saints system and his time in New Orleans. Today, we're going to be talking about Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, the quarterback battle, and what it would actually take. Is it too complicated to get a system ready for either one of these quarterbacks, some unique insight from a former quarterback himself. We'll talk about that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's tough to replace something that you've worked with for a long time. And sometimes we're talking about your quarterback in that situation. Other times we're talking about how you deal with your money. But I'm going to tell you where you might be able to find a replacement for that checking account that you've been using for years and years and years now that is immediately going to send you some gratification for the changeover. And it's from the trusted partners over at Credit Karma called Credit Karma Money. They give you a Credit Karma Money checking account and debit card so that you get entered to win with every purchase you make instant karma that ends up coming back to you so that you can make future purchases. I can't think of anything that is a better replacement than something that ends up giving you free money. And on top of that, between June 8th and June 30th, any purchase that you make automatically enters you to win a million dollars. So go and check them out. You'll want to visit creditkarma.com slash win money. That's going to open up a free account to let you start winning instant karma right away. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase is necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules and details. Banking services are provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, family, here we are, part two, our second half of our conversation with JT O'Sullivan getting into some of his uh, quarterback school stuff, which you can check out at The Quarterback School on YouTube and talk about Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Here we are with JT O'Sullivan. Once again, everybody, joined by JT O'Sullivan at JT underscore O'Sullivan. You can check out the phenomenal YouTube page 
the QB school over on YouTube. Really phenomenal job breaking stuff down and making it really accessible, which is something that you do extremely well, JT, over there at the QB school is that you take these you know, these concepts for this game that you clearly love and you make them digestible, relatable, and easy to understand. Uh, what does it take to be able to, to, to present the game of football in that digestible uh, manner? I mean, do you even think about it or does it just happen? Well, I mean, I think you're being very kind, so I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I don't know course. if I would always agree with you. Uh, I think it comes from a few different areas. One, you know, you alluded to it. I've just, I've been doing this for a long time. I enjoy it. I have fun with it. I also coach at the high school level. So I have a little bit of a understanding about unpacking things to be able to not necessarily to take it outside of the NFL sphere mm-hmm. and be able to bring it back down to a lower level. But then the other part of it is, is, you know, I, when I was done playing, I got a chance to go back to school and, you know, probably unsolicited advice all the time about my communication skills, my presentation skills, about being more concise, precise, all those types of things eventually wear you down to where you feel like you have to do that all the time. And I I think it does make for uh, a better presentation, a better way to digest information. I try to make it entertaining. I really just try to fill all the buckets that I care about. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a fan, I'm a coach, I'm a former player. You know, I, I, for a long time, was thirsty for more ball. I just wanted to know yeah. the details. I wanted to peek behind the curtain. I felt like there was information I didn't have access to. And so just trying to share those things to help nudge the game and give back a little bit to what gave me so much is where kind of I'm trying to put that brick in the wall. Yeah, no, it's 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 been great. I mean, maybe I am being kind. I mean, but it, it's genuine <laughs> because I, I, I watched the hell out of your videos and uh you know, the, the April 1st uh, quarterback rankings in particular, phenomenal job with all of that uh, and everything. Like, just just great stuff over at the QB school. So go and check it out. Uh, JT, I want to talk to you a little bit more about these other quarterbacks that are in the room for New Orleans as well. Uh, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Let's start with Jameis before we go to Taysom. Uh, he's working on sort of rebounding his career, hoping to be able to do it with the New Orleans Saints. A lot of people are going to talk about the turnovers and the the interceptions, everything like that. What is it that really, is there anything in particular that stands out to you about Jameis Winston's game that is, um, you know, just hard to pass up in the midst of a quarterback competition? Yeah, I mean, he's the number one pick. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the guy's got an, uh, some unbelievable characteristics and traits, and it maybe didn't work out as consistently as he and the Bucks would have liked. Sure. But it's not like he was going out there and not throwing touchdowns. You know, it, it's so... I, there is an element of me that is really rooting for him. You know, I think he's got an opportunity. If, you know, if you close your eyes and imagine the Saints going 12 and four and Jameis Winston being the comeback player of the year and, you know, having a great statistical year, it's a pretty cool story. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that there have been, unfortunately, probably a number of things that kind of muddy his persona across the landscape of whether social media or whatever. Sure. And, you know, I, I try to kind of put blinders onto that. I know, you know, just from where I'm at out here in San Diego, he's been out here working out with Drew Brees' guy. You know, they they are doing the same type of stuff. That type of stuff is – I think it's got to be reassuring, at least to Saints fans, to know that that kind of path and, and driveway to success is he's bought into. You know, he's, he's doing those types of things that hopefully gives him an opportunity to be successful. But if I was Jameis Winston and I was in Jameis Winston's corner, you know, I'd be – Excited. I mean, really, I've already talked about the opportunity there, but there just aren't jobs. Like if you get an opportunity and you lose that opportunity, you're usually, you know, set to the back of the room. And and maybe he has been for a little bit, 
but you don't emerge in an organization that has been really good offensively, that still has a number of weapons, that has a head coach that's invested in, in you, all those types of things that he's built up that idiosyncratic credit now in New Orleans. Now he's got to go out there, earn it, and play at a high level consistently. But man, what a great story it could be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think just as great a story, and, I, and you'd probably agree, is, is, is Taysom Hill, who you know, has already won three out of four games that he got to start last season. Now, of course, one of them a little bit of a wash, right? The whole situation with the Denver Broncos and Kendall Hinton and everything. Can you speak to that scenario, by the way? Yeah, that that scenario was bull <laughs> straight up. Like, I mean, I, I'll be honest. It yeah. was it was beyond crazy. I, I watched that game and did a video on that game and was just really disappointed in the league. Yeah. You know, I, I was disappointed. There are many factors that went across that, but that was that was BS on so many levels. I mean, I was really proud of him for going out there and trying to give it a shot, but I honestly, like, I could not fathom doing that. Yeah. And and, and to do it and not be a quote unquote even professional quarterback consistently. Like, I mean, just not fair to the guys, not fair to either team, not fair to the fans, not fair to anything. Really, just kind of a really one of the lower points, if not the low point for me, of just kind of consuming football during that season. Yeah, absolutely. It was a weird, weird game to cover and a weird situation to watch uh, sort of develop and then quickly just trickle away too, which I think the NFL tends to do pretty well. But beside the point, uh, when it comes down to Taysom Hill now looking over at this situation, this quarterback competition that's there, he has the potential to be a very good story here as well, right? I mean, he already is a great story, right? True. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, yeah, yeah. A, he's, a, he's a freak athlete. He's carved out a niche in, in a role that really doesn't exist anywhere else. I, I personally am just always, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's kind of, I mean, I try to always be curious, but specifically around this position and things that I don't necessarily understand. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I, I see elements that would be, man, that would be cool to have part of your offense. But like every week, every play, every snap, it's just a different model than I'm than I'm familiar with. And, and the part that makes me curious, not that I don't think he could do it or don't think it could exist is, you know, Obviously, he brings a lot of something to the table because they've invested in it. They've invested time, resources, treasure, development. They're invested. And and I just necessarily, just because it doesn't align with my mental model of what I think of the position or how I think the position is played at a really high level, doesn't mean that it can't go out there and give you three and one. Shoot, it could go out there and give you 12 and four or 12 and whatever you are now, five mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. You know, So that type of mindset I don't want to put to his point, like I don't want to put constraints or ceilings on these guys. But at the same time, when I watch him throw and then I look at just about every other guy that I would consider a full time quarterback player, there's a lot that there's a gap as far as the consistency spin in it. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't, you know, create opportunities for him to chuck it down the field to be an athlete in space and run and tote it and do all those types of things. And maybe a blended model is the model that they believe in and want to do. And I, I think that there's some validity in that. But man, to go out there and, and let him take every snap all year, you know, Sean Payton is trying to put it on another level. All right, y'all. Coming up next, we're going to dive into the remainder of our conversation with JT. He's going to talk to us a little bit about shaping offenses for quarterbacks. How moldable is Sean Payton's offense and how much time will it take to really adjust to either one of these QBs? He gives us a really unique perspective on it as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And don't forget to go and check out our good friends over at rockauto.com. Listen, y'all, it is hot out there. The heat is up. The heat index is up. All of it 
is wild. We're starting to see it to where it's, you know, one of those things where it's like, oh, it's 90 degrees outside, but it feels like 106. Well, your car feels even hotter than that. So you'll want to make sure that you're doing all the things that are necessary to make sure that you're taking care of your vehicle. Maybe you just need to refill the coolant. Maybe you need a new battery because it's too hot outside and it trashed your battery. Whatever it is that you need, rockauto.com has you covered for whatever vehicle you drive. You just head over, jump into the catalog, put in the make, model, year of your car, the piece, part, or accessory you're looking for. They're going to give you several options that are all going to come in at a lesser price than what you would spend at one of those chain stores right around the corner. And best of all, you could do it all from the comfort of your home. So go and check them out, rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I don't know about y'all, but for me, summertime reminds me of candy. And look, it's summer. I'm ready to get down on some candy, but I can't be messing with it anymore. I'm too grown, right? I can't be messing around with candy. I'm trying to keep my teeth in my mouth, trying to keep myself healthy, all the other stuff. But when I was a kid, there wasn't anybody around to stop me from having candy, right? I didn't have any teachers slapping candy bars out my hand or anything like that. Now, I have found the perfect medium, and we know how delicious they are. It's Built Bar, builtbar.com to go and check them out. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars. So I can trick my little childish mind into thinking that I'm eating candy bars, but really I'm making grown up decisions and taking care of myself all at the same time because these might taste like candy bars. We only got four or five grams of sugar, but 17, 18 grams of protein, high in fiber, high in deliciousness as well. So go and check them out because they have incredible flavors, coconut, coconut, almond, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, Salted caramel, one of my favorites as well, and they're all covered in 100% chocolate, but again, not overloading you on your calorie intake on the day, not overloading you on sugar either. That's going to lead to that crash in the middle of the day. So go and check them out over at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off. That's BuiltBar.com with promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order of Built Bars. Get it, Huda Nation, wrapping up today's episode with JT O'Sullivan, former New Orleans Saints quarterback, also with the quarterback school. Go and check out the quarterback school on YouTube. Continuing on with JT, who's going to talk to us a bit about preparing an offense for Jameis Winston and or Taysom Hill and how it might not be as complicated as it sounds. So, I mean, you can almost sort of see the direction of the offense, of course, changing depending upon which of these quarterbacks they end up going with. Sean Payton mentioned a pretty interesting uh, thing during uh, media availability last week where he told us that the there would be differences in the offense, but the overall philosophies would remain the same. How could that work between two quarterbacks? How long does it take to install an offense around either one of these guys as you sort of, I know it's a bit of a projection in terms of looking at that, but how could they go about this with the managing the competition and the timing going into the 2021 season? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a little bit of coach speak. You know, sure. Coach mm-hmm. back. And so I, I would say that most of these offenses, if not every, uh, I hedge saying every, but many, many are flexible and adaptable enough to be able to do any of those things. So if they, you know, they could all go single wing and run quarterback sweep right if they really wanted to. They don't, they don't want to do that. Right. You know what I mean? But like, it's not like they're installed, hey, we had to put in a new offense for this quarterback. No, we just are using different personnel groups, different formations. The, the concepts are the same. It just looks totally different because of 
you know, he's able to do this with the ball in his hands, or he's not able to make this throw consistently, or we don't ask him to make this type of touch second level throw over a linebacker because all he does is throw fastballs. You know, there are guys like that. And it, and that's the coach's job, right? To put them in situations that they'll be successful, but to say that it's all going to be the same and we'll just let it sort of stuff out. Like that's just like zoning out in a media session and, and not being <laughs> honest about it. <laughs> no, that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. But overall, I mean, the overall philosophy of this team seems to already be set, right? This is Sean Payton's offense. And then who, whichever, or, or Sean Payton designed offense, and then whichever one of these quarterbacks ends up fitting in, fits in, and then the offense sort of caters towards that. Is that a more accurate assessment? Absolutely. I mean, I, and, and I think I would even expand upon that and mm-hmm. be like, it's so multiple. And I, it, it really is. It's it's a. I love what they do offensively. I think it's mm-hmm. fun to watch. It's in. It's it's pleasant. Like I enjoy that level of football. Now. Certainly, I think everybody would like to see him throw the ball down the field a little bit more. But again, I don't think that was because Sean Payton doesn't like to do that. I right. just think that, that he's playing to the strengths of what they have and what they've been able to do. And so, all those things are are available. They're all it's like every all these NFL teams. The playbook is the Cheesecake Factory. Now, this is not a great analogy. No, this is a, this is a perfect analogy. I don't know what you're talking about. This but like, <laughs> it's, a, it's overwhelming, right? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna eat everything. You don't even want everything, but you could do everything. Right. And so that that's the part about it. And he's he's able to kind of pick and choose what he wants to do all the time. And so that's the beauty of, of what Sean Payton has brought to that organization. Is Sean Payton's offense Sean Payton's offense is a little bit more expanded than say a traditional New York style cheesecake, right? It's like a blueberry cheesecake, perhaps even a raspberry cheesecake, something like that, maybe a chocolate cheesecake. I mean, I think it's like it's got elements of all it's kind of like going up to the window. Oh, you sure. got like all the options. You put your uh-huh. hands up there. You get a little, get a little peak, get a little eye level. Just yeah, <laughs> no, you pick and choose. Just give me five of them, smash them all together, and then <laughs> hand them to me. That's a shopping yeah. offense. That's my style when it comes to cheesecake. Anyway, uh, JT, listen, dude, I-, I could talk to you all day, and I really appreciate you coming through. I-, I got one more. I mean, we're already starting to have a little bit of fun here, and we have been having fun. But I got one more fun question for you that I love to to to, to you know give to all of our guests. But I want to ask you, uh, you know, you're, you're familiar with New Orleans cuisine. Uh, you spent some time there, so I want to know if you were any type of New Orleans cuisine, whether it's an entree, a, a, a dessert, whatever it may be, a, a coffee, whatever it might be, which one are you and why? So definitely some iteration of seafood. Now, I'm not sure. I don't. I never got like the full like, you know, what was it like etouffee stuff like that? Sure. Like the heavy cream stuff is a lot for me. I'm California soft when it comes to that. <laughs> like my go, my go to spots. When I was there, and this is going to date me because I think it's gone, which is a bummer for me. I used to call it Old Metairie. Maybe not Old Metairie. I used to call it, it was called Crazy Johnny's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And then, and then Drago's was next to it. And Drago's, it was like, big time. And it was like, whatever the two, whatever the weight was, you know, I was going to try to get in Crazy Johnny's <laughs> or Drago's. That, that was my jam. But then recently, and this is dating myself even more, we went back for a, like our 10 year anniversary, my wife and I, and we went to a lunch that I had heard about when I was there, but I never went to, mm-hmm. and I'm going to mispronounce it. You got to make fun of my California vibe here. Galatories. No, you got it. Called. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Did I get it? Yeah, bro. <laughs> that was an experience. I was not ready for the Friday lunch at Galatories. It was, yeah. it was, it was my jam. So I need to get back out there more. Absolutely. So that's, that's, that's yours, right? That that's sort of the, the cuisine that you are is the friday lunch the fr- there you go. <laughs> yes yes i love it 
All right, y'all, that is JT O'Sullivan at JT underscore O'Sullivan on Twitter. Make sure you go and check out the YouTube page as well, The QB School, for a ton of phenomenal information and great work over there. Big thank you once again to JT for coming through. Make sure you come back tomorrow as we continue to keep you up to date with everything going on with your New Orleans Saints every Monday through Friday. As always, y'all, I appreciate you for coming through, for showing all the love and support that you do. I can't thank you enough. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.